It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. All right, boys and girls, we are back with another edition of the Ben Domenech podcast brought to you by Fox News. You can check out all of our podcasts at foxnewspodcast.com. I hope that you will rate, review, and subscribe to this one and share it with a friend if you find it of interest. Today, I have a conversation for you with Brian Kilmeade. Uh, Obviously, the great Brian Kilmeade, known to you all from his work on Fox News and the Brian Kilmeade Show, uh, author and uh, a a great guy all around in terms of someone who can analyze what's going on in the world and the news. We talk about our takes on 2022 and what we expect for 2023. Brian Kilmeade, coming up next. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. Brian Kilmeade, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Uh, Ben, thanks for having me on. So I wanted to talk to you as we look forward into the year of our Lord 2023 about some of the things that you anticipate about this coming year and perhaps a few predictions about where we're kind of going as a country. 2022 is a pretty weird year in a lot of different respects. I'm wondering, as you kind of move into the thought process about what we're going to see coming down the pike in the next year, what are some of the things that come front of mind for you? I mean, the front of mind is, and it's hard not to think of the here and now, it's just that this has to be dealt with, and that's the border. And are we going to see anything semblance to any type of sanity when it comes to the border and security? Let, uh, I'll put immigration aside. And the thing is, uh, I'm leaning towards no, because in this omnibus bill, they went out of their way to say absolutely no money towards building a barrier of any kind. How can you possibly control the border without a barrier? And are Republicans in the House going to be without, even though they got the power, are they going to find the levers necessary to stop the flow? Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is going to be the most interesting. Also, we know for the longest time, the front runner, when it comes to those running for president, they got to emerge outside the former president. You know, it's usually not the person we think. And right now, everybody thinks, you know, Ron DeSantis, just like we thought Jeb Bush for a while. And I'm just Mm -hmm. wondering if there's somebody else that's going to emerge on the landscape. And is there a star going to emerge on the House for Republicans Uh, outside the Jim Jordans and the Comers are going to have a lot of the spotlight? And we think Kevin McCarthy is going to have the speakership. Is Mm -hmm. there somebody else that's going to emerge? And I think it's going to be Mike Gallagher. Mm -hmm. You know, Mike is an interesting uh, character. In fact, I uh, am very uh, excited, but I would say, to see what he's going to do with this China Select Committee. Uh, in the in the coming year and, and the number of things that I think are going to be on his plate there are going to be interesting. Uh, one of the things that you just mentioned there about the uh, the way that expectations don't necessarily line up with the, what we see when it comes to presidential elections yeah. is there's always somebody who overperforms, comes out of nowhere, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, makes makes waves. It feels like even if they end up not uh, necessarily getting all the way and. You know, so I, I just have to say, because it's front of mind that uh, 
you know, I had the opportunity to see Mike Pompeo in New Hampshire and uh, see uh, see him obviously uh, around at a couple of different events. And I got his Christmas card uh, in the mail. And the Christmas card, it is a Christmas card, but when you open it, it shows where it has a map of the, of the United States and it shows all the places where he endorsed candidates. <laughs> so, so I think he's kind of sending a message there about oh, yeah. what, what did you think on it? Would you think of him on stage? You know, I think that people are underestimating him a little bit. And the reason is that, um, he actually he has a seriousness and kind of a star power with uh, a lot of people. I think that would surprise people. He's also, um, uh, you know, has this kind of midwestern quality, which tends to overperform. I think uh, early on in, in some of these contests, and he's a very he's a serious guy, but he's also someone who actually has uh, you know a lot of of drive, but also yeah. a pretty good hand when it comes to uh, the retail side of things and and just talking to people and uh, and uh, you know making conversation, sharing anecdotes. Uh, I just think I think that he could be somebody who might overperform, but there are a lot of people who I think you know. Uh, could potentially get out there. I don't know if there's anybody who sticks out to you, but it, when it comes to you know that kind of contest, you know we're obviously seeing this situation where people are not necessarily settled on the former president uh, that he's not you know necessarily going to be able to clear the field uh, the way it is. Do you think that we're going to end up with a bunch of people getting in? Well, d- how uh, how diplomatic of you to say that. He might not be able to clear the field. I don't think. I think the field's going to be filled, and I didn't feel yeah. that way prior to uh, the Mar-a-Lago uh, mm-hmm. ridiculousness uh, that's around it. I thought to myself, you know what, January sixth is going to be extremely tough to overcome. But for the most part, he overcame it with his own party. Yeah. But the midterm elections did not go well. Blake Masters did not do well. Mastriano was an embarrassment. Uh, Doctor Oz didn't pull it out. Herschel Walker uh, was a negative. I liked him. I thought he could have been better. I thought he was underfinanced and undercoached. Uh, number two is I thought Warnock was extremely vulnerable. But these are all, and you see what happened with uh, Bolduck in New Hampshire. That was a late pick by Donald Trump. So a lot of these, uh, Kerry Lake is probably the biggest and most devastating and surprising result over in Arizona, which you know well. So. Mm-hmm. All these, all these ways in which he looks vulnerable. It's that a lot of people don't like the president, but they're afraid of him. They're mm-hmm. afraid of his political power. He's the only guy who could sell a twenty-five thousand seat stadium or arena in about a day. I mean, literally, Mike Pompeo yeah. with all his talent, number one in his class in West Point, would get about five thousand people if lucky. So <laughs> you know, and you know, the president of the United States would get twelve hundred. Yeah. So there's something about Trump and his power, but I think Tim Scott's in. I think Rick Scott's in. I think Glenn Youngkin absolutely is in. It mm-hmm. looks like Ron DeSantis absolutely is in. Uh, I think that you're going to have Ted Cruz that says, why shouldn't I try it? You know, my what, what else can he say about my wife this time? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think he'll be in. I, I think it's going to be a huge, talented field. And I laugh at anybody who thinks that Joe Biden's not running. I think Biden announces pretty quickly Mm-hmm. And his sole thing is his strategy has been revealed, and that is make targeted appearances, raise a lot of money, but have surrogates do most of the work. We know why. Yeah. And there's nobody on the left that's going to approach him. So I think that's going to be pretty clear. Yeah, I think one of the things that uh, comes out of this midterm is that, you know, Joe Biden, for all the talk going into it, 
that among some smart Democrats that, you know, he has to be replaced. You got to figure out a strategy to go forward, et cetera. The way that the midterm played out, yeah. it, it completely silenced any of that talk. They, they have no way of saying, you know, based on that performance uh, that they can shift him aside. At the same time, it's like you don't have the COVID excuse anymore when it comes to hiding in the basement during a presidential campaign. Do you think that that's going to wear poorly or is it going to be another situation where the the most of the media just, you know, surrounds him and basically says, uh, you know, it's totally fine that we can't ever ask him any questions. It's totally fine uh, that, you know, we can't actually treat him the way that we treat any other candidate. It's totally fine for him to hide in the basement all over again. Uh, is that going to be the way things play out? Well, what I think they're going to do is, I mean, I think he'll do things. He'll go to factories. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll go to events. He's already going events, maybe one a week or two a week. So let's say he picks up the pace just a little bit. Uh, and, you know, he appears with Bruce Springsteen. He shows up with John Kerry, uh, him and Hillary Clinton. They do things that allow him to make a short little speech and then people praise him. That'll mm-hmm. be the template that he uses. And then he'll have the White House and different events. The problem with the the only problem with Joe Biden, I'm trying to think, it's on the tip of my tongue. He's a terrible president <laughs> and his instincts are awful and his ad libs are terrible. And this he makes up stories. Uh, the latest story he made up is absolutely insane. And there might be a few in between that I missed mm-hmm. that he went up to a guy and tried to give him a tried to give his uncle a Purple Heart. Because his dad said he's feeling kind of down on himself. So I want to give my uh, my uncle a purple heart. And he says, I don't want it because of all the people that died there. And the year in which he said he was did, he said he was vice president. His dad and his uncle were dead at the time. I yes. mean, how do you make up a story like that? You don't think people <laughs> are even going to look. You could go to the library in 1940 and find out that that was, uh, that was a mistake. Or go to the graveyard. You know, so, I mean, how does he get away with this stuff? And what about the shots inside the holding centers for the illegal immigrants? There's 4,000 people in a place that holds 1,000. Donald mm-hmm. Trump had one picture, still picture of this. Biggest scandal you've ever seen. No reporting. Bottom yeah. line is the press is going to protect, Ben. Yeah, I think you're completely right. And, you know, when it comes to those those stories that he tells, you know, I think a lot of people in uh, the Senate are used to, to we're used to Joe Biden being this guy who would just right. tell these, you know, uh, big fish stories. He would tell these, you know, ridiculous sort of, of tales that everyone would just kind of shrug or roll Implausible. their eyes at. Yeah. Uh, but now when he's doing it as president, I don't think he understands how much that undermines the kind of confidence that we can have in somebody to even know what's going on around them, you know, to, to be aware of the decisions that they're making and the consequences that come from it. I wonder, do you think that there's going to be any possibility that Republicans in the House, if they get their act together, uh, that they could start to be a real thorn in the side of this administration? That oh, they yeah. Could make some real trouble for the White House and, and others who were falling down on their jobs within it? Well, you know, I would like to see some positive, too, Ben. You know, nobody could tell any, anything about legislation and inside Washington than you. So I feel kind of. Oh, oh, I feel kind of weird saying this, but I just think they can come up with some positive programs and say, mm-hmm. this is what the my border plan looks like. And then you go in there and you try to lever it and you get the meetings. And and if President Biden doesn't do anything and people say it's uh, it's grandstanding, go ahead. But I want some positive programs. But at the same time, you want to have, you want a a former president's tax returns mm-hmm. for no reason. I think it's time to look at Joe Biden's S corporations. And, you know, how does a guy who makes $275,000 a year for 50 years, tops, uh, have all these mansions and all this money? 
Yeah. And I think you got these corporations. No one really knows what's inside them. But I think now it's time to find out. And I think the FBI getting unwound is going to help America. And the fact that they're doubling, tripling down, saying what I did with Twitter, likely with Facebook and others, is just doing our jobs with security. Mm-hmm. I think exposing that, what Elon Musk has done, he's been the man of the year so far, except for some late night tweets, which we all want back. Uh, so <laughs> I think that uh, I think that that's going to be something that's going to happen this year. Uh, we're going to get to the bottom of the FBI, and either Chris Ray is the worst director or the most insulated director in the history of the FBI. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the things that we don't know yet about what what has to happen here is whether there's going to be any kind of uh, possibility of, of finding out uh, what happened and doing things in a way that prevent them from happening again. What concerns me the most is that the whole attitude from the FBI being we're just doing our jobs. Yep seems set up for a situation where they're just going to continue trying to do this, maybe using different methods or different different approaches, but essentially trying to control the conversation in America and what Americans see and what they're allowed to say to each other. And that's really a disturbing thought, uh, you know, for me, Brian. It's it's something that I think is is really troublesome and suggests that, you know, the, the FBI just as a as an entity uh, has taken on so much power unto itself and views itself in ways that are, I think, really astonishing to a lot of Americans who thought of them as a law and order organization. Do you think that this is something that can be prevented or do we have to be kind of on the on the alert going into this next election cycle? I'm not worried about Twitter. I'm pretty much pretty sure Elon Musk is not going to buckle. And the first time the FBI calls him up and say, I got a problem with uh, uh, at Billy Joe from Wisconsin, (laughs) he's going to go, Okay, uh, you got you know, send him to voicemail. (laughs) <laughs> and so at least one entity will not be corrupted and maybe two truth social. I'm pretty sure uh, they're not going to be calling up uh, Donald Trump and saying, Hey, Mr. President, you got some people on there that might be fallacious. Yeah. Uh, so those are two areas. But I, I also think too, they, the FBI told us we have no problem with what we did and we're doing it again in 2024. That yep. is defiance. Yeah. And that is insane. Yeah. So good luck with that. I want to see what those whistleblowers have to say. And are they going to be in drop shadow where we don't know their faces? Or are mm-hmm. they going to come out and say, look at me, here's the problem, uh, and make sure now that I'm public, I don't get fired? Mm-hmm. You know, talk to me a little bit about what you hear from the people who are, you know, daily viewers of you on Fox, daily listeners uh, on the radio. What are the things that they say to you when they come up to you when you're out walking in the street. Yeah. What do they ask you about? I'm just curious. So it was so interesting. We used to debate Obamacare and privatizing Social Security or, you know, should we build up the military in Iraq? Should you have a surge or should you just get out? So those were issues, right? And you have smart people on both sides. We got to get out of Iraq was a big mistake. We got mm-hmm. a surge. It'll never work. The surge absolutely works. Whatever you do, don't pull out all the troops. We pull out all the troops. So mm-hmm. we have all this stuff. But now I have people saying to me, what the hell is going on? We don't know our pronouns. We people, do, kids don't want to work. I heard of no jobs for kids. I've heard of mismatched skills, but this whole lack of work ethic. The other thing is women playing girls, uh, men playing in girls sports, transgenders competing in college sports. What is going on? What is a man and woman? A Supreme Court justice can't define it. I find that a reasonable people can't handle that there's no reason left. Mm-hmm. That you can't just say, well, that's Maxine Waters. 
Or that's Matt Gates. Those guys are far right. They're left and right wingers. Now we're going, yeah, show some tolerance with gender fluidity. How dare you push back when your third grade is told about sex and they don't have to commit to a gender until seventh grade. So this is, I have a lot of people exasperated of what the heck is going on. And I also have people who see the video that we show from our drone shot at the border and they are also beside themselves. So I think that sometimes we have an outside, we put too much emphasis on who the president is by our happiness. That's a problem. Maybe it helps our ratings and how many people download the podcast, but it probably is a problem because most presidents should not really be affecting our lives like they do. Uh, But I find that people are stressed about the idiocy. That's I think idiocy, lunacy that's happening, not even a worthy debate. You know, you're talking about school. We used to talk about the new math. We used to talk about phonics and no phonics doesn't work. That's no way to learn. Okay. Let's debate it. Like, let's get the experts in. Uh, should we have, should we do prayer in school? Remember those good old yeah. days? Should they pray? <laughs> now it's, now it's, should you be fine? Should you tell a kid who wants to be an animal? They can go to school as an animal who yeah. might go home and be a girl and could talk without their parents about changing genders. And now they see, they're saying different ways to refer to Marine commanders. That's mm-hmm. less sexist. So, I find that people are exasperated by it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because what I detect, and I detect the same thing that you do, is that people feel like the world is a lot more chaotic at all levels uh, as opposed to chaotic in yeah. a certain space. You know, uh, you could talk about like Iraq or Afghanistan as being, you know, elements of chaos that they were concerned about. You know, whether they affected their lives or not was, uh, you know, a different question. Now it, it seems like they feel like the chaos kind of starts at the top and just gets goes down and down and down as close as it possible, possibly can be to them, including their kids' schools or their grandkids' schools. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think is different because I used to be just like you asked about what policy should be yeah. for this, that or the other. And now it's like. Man, everything just seems crazy. And how, you know, how can we sort of uh, navigate our way through this? And I guess that's my question to you, which is when, you know, when they say that to you, what's your response? Because my response is, you know, usually something like, look, I think most people are a lot more reasonable than the crazy people who you see. And there are too many crazy people who have too much power over our kids' lives in particular, but over our lives generally. Uh, and that needs to change. But that to me is is it still is not a very satisfactory response. So right. what do you say to them when they when they express this to you? First off, I have to I have to ask people when they come up to me so many times. Like, let's say, Ben, we take I don't know. We have the audacity to take a few hours off or a few days off. Yeah. How many times people walk up to you and they tell you a story you did't even know anything about? You're like, what? I, I didn't hear anything about that. And now I, I used to say, okay, let me look it up. Now I just say, I don't know about that. Now I ask people who aren't in our business, where'd you read that? Mm-hmm. Where'd you get it? Well, I read it. Well, where, who wrote it? Well, mm-hmm. a friend of mine told me, well, where did he get it? Mm-hmm. So then you find out that it's just one of those internet things that people heard or, or yep. uh, a fringe organization. It's not true. A lot of it I go, I never heard that. I've been at work for 12 straight hours. We've been covering all the stories of the number one network. That's, that didn't happen. So that's yeah. number one. If I, if I get to the next point, uh, I say, I'm, you know, you got to make a choice. It's like, I think that it's, uh, the fact is it's making news is because it's so ob- obscene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I tell people, just keep fighting on your, oh, be open. For example, uh, I'm not, I don't think we know everything. 
I don't think there's any things that we're doing now in society that we won't look back in 15 years and say, what are we thinking? You know, I'm doing a lot of studying now on Booker T. Washington and Teddy Roosevelt as, uh, and, you know, uh, and Du Bois, and I'm going to the founder of the NAACP. And the things that were going on back then that everyone thought were typical outrage us. You know, the, the, the blacks and whites weren't equal, that they weren't allowed to go to certain places, that you could graduate from Harvard Black, but you can't go to the Harvard Club in Manhattan. And people mm-hmm. thought, well, of course not. And back then, they thought that was natural. Oh, yeah, of course, blacks and whites can't go to the same club. Of course, blacks and whites in certain areas can't use the same water fountains or locker rooms. So I'm fully aware that there are things that we are accepting now that um, – that won't be acceptable as we get older in society and we'll think it would change for the better. But I don't think that we're ever going to say, what a great idea picking pronouns. I don't think that we're ever going to say, let's wait till seventh grade to pick a gender. I'm leaning towards man. You know, (laughs) I don't think, I don't think that'll ever be typical and I'll never think it's okay to tell a second grader about sex and, and talk about these things ever Mm-hmm. So I am not giving in. You will never see me on the five saying um, I'm going to identify as a he, him, I guess. <laughs> I, I'm never buying into that. So well, I you, think that reasonable people have to stand up and draw the line. Do the full the full Kamala of, of I'm, I'm in a blue suit. <laughs> uh, right. Let's let's wrap up with this, Brian. What, when you look at 2023, you know, outside of politics, that kind of thing. What's a storyline that you think is going to be coming up that people are going to be talking about? You know, we saw kind of the close of 2022, the the crypto crash take over the conversation and things like that. You know, what's something outside of the world of politics, you know, whether it's cultural within the world of entertainment or, or within uh, just sort of the American experience? What's something do you th- that you think of as being a rising storyline in 2023? Well, I think there's a couple of things. If you don't mind me touching politics, what I think that what comes away in 2022, the average person says, don't tell me, don't give me somebody I believe. Give me somebody that can win. Mm-hmm. So I think there's going to be a push towards the practical yeah. on the politics. And where somebody go, man, I, I agree with Donald Trump on everything, but he yeah. can't get elected. I'm going to go with Glenn Youngkin. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree with Ron DeSantis on most everything. And he's converted a lot of Democrats. He's got a possibility. I'll go with him because mm-hmm. I think people are going to be very street smart and they're going to stop picking candidates that they might say, oh, man, that would be me if I ran. Mm-hmm. But if you can't win over independents and Democrats, you can't win. Mm-hmm. And another thing is, I think they got to just say, OK, uh, mail-in balloting here. Early voting happens. Let's win the early vote as opposed to hold our breath until it's over. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two is I think people are going to start cherishing live events more. And because we we're out of it, I think now people are going to be trusting it at a mass level. And I just think that if you're in the entertainment business, I think you're going to have a a lot of people that want to see you and a lot of borderline acts that are going to be headliners because Mm -hmm. I think people appreciate it more. And the last one, I think people of all ages are going to have to click on the bottom of their screen and learn to stream because Mm -hmm. cables changing, movies are changing and if you got to keep calling up your nephew to come over and tell you how to get Netflix, uh, it's going to be a problem. So I think people of all ages are going to click on it. And, you know, Fox did a great job with this. You know, a few years ago, people were like, I'm never going to watch anything on my phone. Yeah. And now what are we doing? Yeah. We're watching your podcast on our phones, right? Uh, and we're figuring out a way maybe to put it on a television if we want. And I'm watching Fox News. I can't tell you how many times. I'm just clicking on the app uh, and doing mm-hmm. things on Fox Nation, and soon it's going to be Fox Nation, Fox Business, 
Fox News, and that that our phone's going to be our television now. So mm-hmm. the phase out of cable is going to be pretty clear. And I, I I'm not no business expert, but I just do think Fox is poised to be with it, you know, uh, on it, mm-hmm. and you know, with the podcast and everything like that. I think we made the adjustment. So I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a, an interesting year. Uh, I do. Um, uh, I don't know when. I won't. I won't bring it up. Just right. about the fact that they had to battle to get Kevin McCarthy as speaker mm-hmm. shows that maybe Republicans have not learned their lesson. But I think mm-hmm. Republican voters have. Yeah. No. That's a. I think that is a very accurate uh, assessment. Which is that I think Republican voters are now more practical than perhaps some of the uh, the elected Republicans themselves in terms of the way. Things and maybe are going. show it in the primary, Ben. For example, your father in law. You know, mm-hmm. he came out pretty strong on certain things that he wasn't necessarily strong with as a senator when he mm-hmm. ran. But maybe through the primary process, people might stop and say, wait a second, I can, I'm not going to pretend to be an extremist. Yeah. And I'm not going to jog to the middle and, then, and once you give me the nomination. I'm mm-hmm. telling you where I'm at right away. I would mm-hmm. love to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because don't tell me what you're not. Don't tell me what you think I want to hear. I want someone to run on what they'll do. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I uh, I agree with all of your assessments. I uh, I'll make uh, another prediction uh, that I don't think is a very dangerous one to make, which is that Saturday Night Live will continue to be irrelevant. Yes, <laughs> so that's, oh, it's that's ridiculous my for twenty twenty three. Brian, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Ben, you're the best. Thanks so much. More of the Ben Dominish podcast right after this. So I just wanted to give you a quick couple of thoughts about uh, the direction that we're headed in this new year. To me, it seems like with this new Republican Congress, there's going to be a lot of unexpected things going on. You know, one in particular, obviously, is is the expectations that we have regarding the new speakership and uh, whether Kevin McCarthy will be able to ascend to that role. We'll find out within the next day or so. Uh, and I think that it's likely that he ultimately ends up having uh, done enough deals behind the scenes uh, to advance. But one of the things that I think we should consider is the fact that this Congress, with these new uh, Republicans in the slim majority, is still going to be significantly empowered to look at a lot of things that the Biden administration would prefer that they not. Uh, one example of this, of course, is going to be the Select Committee on China, but there's also going to be a Select Committee looking at the weaponization of government uh, from the perspective of the FBI, the DOJ, uh, and other entities that Republicans have a lot of questions about in terms of their behavior, uh, both under Joe Biden and even earlier than that. That's going to obviously result in some revelations, and I think they're going to be uh, potentially very actionable and disturbing revelations if uh, the committee does its job right uh, that will expose, I think, a lot of behavior on the part of the this arm of the government uh, that is of deep concern to a lot of people, not just Republicans. And then I also think that there's going to be some significant ramifications when it comes to uh, potentially border policy, because this new Congress is obviously going to try to put Democrats who are up for election in the next cycle in red states, including in border states, uh, up really against it when it comes to the breakage that happens over border policy with their progressive wing. 
We'll see how much they're able to actually achieve in that count. But I do believe that we'll see some serious ramifications in terms of, uh, you know, basically calling people like Alejandro Mayorkas on the carpet for their failure to do their jobs. And then finally, I think that there's going to be some ramifications as well when it comes to uh, the, you know, the fallout from the behavior of the Pelosi Congress as it relates to committee membership, uh, the January 6th committee, and her general, uh, you know, very heavy-handed approach to the way that she ran the Congress. I think it's going to be a type of scenario where Republicans are completely willing uh, to violate a lot of norms in terms of their behavior uh, that had been violated under the Nancy Pelosi regime. They're not going to respect the same rules, I think, that came beforehand. And what does that look like? Well, it could look like a lot of different things. Uh, but I mean, you know, look, they just went out there and leaked very inappropriately, you know, potentially illegal. Uh, the former president of the United States tax returns uh, in a way that was just designed to, you know, not uh, decry any kind of serious policy ramifications or bring anything that wasn't previously known to light. It was just designed to make him look bad and embarrass him. And I think that that's the kind of thing that Republicans are ticked off about and that they're probably going to respond to in kind. Now, how that looks or, or what that looks like, I don't know, but we'll certainly find out. And I certainly believe that this is going to be something that leads to more of a fractious uh, and partisan relationship in Congress, which is, of course, what the country wanted all along, which is why they sent back uh, this new Republican majority in the way that they did. So in other words, a lot of gridlock, a lot of not getting anything done, uh, a lot of no paths to bipartisanship, except in a handful of different areas. Uh, and that's going to be, you know, exactly what we should expect from this Congress going forward. I'm Ben Dominich. You've been listening to the Ben Dominich podcast. We'll be back with more soon to dive back into the fray. Listen ad free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad free on the Amazon Music app. everybody, it's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.